to the hundred report i'm chris i'm charlie and uh, i am super super sad that i now have my afternoons and evenings back because the ipl is over and i don't know what to do with myself with all this free time no no me neither um well fortunately and because of the the weird scheduling differences we've now got the psl to look forward to so that's uh, that's for a later issue but in the meantime we didn't re- we can talk more about the ipl because um We've had a very, very special guest who's just shown up for our podcast. We have a a sports writer, journalist and broadcaster all the way from uh, New Delhi, India. Uh, And he's also the host of the Hotspot podcast, Chetan Narula. So uh, welcome, Chetan, and thank you for joining us all the way from uh, from India. Thanks, Chris, and uh, thanks, Charlie, for inviting me on your podcast. Absolute pleasure to be here and uh, hope you guys are doing well. Thank you, Chetan. We're so excited to have you here. So, yeah, we just wanted to know briefly, how is it going in India? We know you're based in Delhi. How is the lockdown going? We're sort of in lockdown two at the moment in the UK. How are things looking over there? Well, uh, you must have read the news. I'm sure your listeners too must have read the news. India has uh, has a high number of cases, uh, COVID-19 cases, but it's a little different in India because uh, it's quite densely populated when you compare to European nations or uh, other countries, in fact. So quite densely populated, 1.4 billion, but we are having a good number of tests. Uh, 9%, if you compare that to other countries, perhaps 9% is not that high. But when you look at 1.4 billion, 9% is quite a big big figure in terms of number of tests. Um, But yes, um, uh, there's no lockdown as such because we had just the one lockdown in April, May. Um, the Indian economy is a bit more fragile. Um, but then, since then, it's about, uh, you know, the lockdown was about getting the medical services up to the task. And since then, it's about uh, people taking precautions, venturing out, wearing masks. And uh, yeah, um, there's a bit normalcy, if I can say, normalcy as per 2020 standards. Yeah, as far as we can otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And of course, the IPL helped, the cricket helped. Uh, so uh, it was a good IPL. It kept people entertained, even though uh, the Indian media couldn't go to cover and, you know, was a little uh, away from the IPL. But it was a good IPL to, to sit at home and watch. Uh, suddenly our television screens are, uh, screens are really empty now. Yeah. So let's get on to the IPL because we are for sure missing it already. It's only been about, what, four, maybe five days since the, since the final and we're sort of not knowing what to do with ourselves in the afternoon. But let's talk about the IPL. So I know that, you know, normally you have your neutral journalist hat on, but coming from New Delhi, <laughs> do you support the Delhi Capitals? Ah, no, actually, I don't support any IPL team. The first time I supported was uh, because I like Shah Rukh Khan. Uh, so I supported Kolkata Knight Riders for a couple of seasons. But then as as I covered more and more of cricket, you like you mentioned, you have to have the neutral hat on. So don't really, uh, you know, support any side. But I enjoy watching the IPL. It's a fantastic tournament. I enjoy the T20 format, perhaps not as much as Test Cricket or ODI Cricket. But um, it is a fantastic format. Most importantly, it is uh, it is... It is a platform for young cricketers, uh, Indian cricketers or overseas cricketers who are not known as much to to showcase what they can do. So I find that very, very thrilling. Yeah, it, it's funny that you mentioned following a specific player because I remember doing exactly the same thing. It was It's because Dale Stain, um, despite my being English, yeah. Dale Stain's my favourite cricketer. <laughs> kind of of all time, um, or certainly in the current era. And I remembered following him to Deccan when they were first uh, franchise, and then he ended up in Hyderabad. But me and Charlie have stuck with Hyderabad since, even though Dale Stain has now moved okay. on. 
but uh, yeah. we're slightly less professional than you Tatan. we've definitely um we've definitely said at the beginning of the ipl we both support the sunrises hyderabad so we went with that and uh, we were very yeah we were really excited the fact that they came back so well towards the end of the season and they got all the way to the semi-finals but um yeah it's a shame they just missed out on that final spot but yeah this year's IPL it was a, it's a strange one obviously there were no crowds involved and everybody was on lockdown pretty much around the world glued to the television watching I pretty much watched every single match how were your impressions of this year's IPL compared to the last one do you think it was uh, obviously we had quite a few super overs in this IPL was that as an exciting IPL as you can remember yeah. Absolutely. It was an exciting tournament. And I would like to highlight that one remark that you made, Charlie, that you watched every game. And I know a few people, including myself, who also watched every game. And uh, because I've been covering cricket for the last 10, 12 years, I tend not to watch every IPL game uh, last few years because it just sometimes gets overburdened. Sometimes the IPL matches also get repetitive because the conditions in some venues stay the same. But this IPL, it was really different. Even though we had three venues, they gave us different conditions. They gave us different matches, different challenges for the team. And because we have been starved of so much action, we've been starved of sport, really. A lot of us just ended up watching every single game. And five Super Overs, two in one game, three in one day. Yes, it was. Uh, I think it was a really, really exciting IPL tournament. Yeah, it, it really it really got me. And it's very interesting that you said that in terms of the conditions. I think because there were so few um, venues for each one of the matches, it was almost because the wear and the tear of the pitches changed the conditions as they went. I remember watching a couple of matches in Sharjah. And at first, um, the Sharjah matches were high scorers. And then by about the time we got about halfway through the tournament, all of a sudden it was spin friendly. 140 was a good score. But, but can I just talk about Sharjah for one second? Because I could yeah. not get over this motorway highway that was going right next to the stadium. And every time the sticks went over it, like almost missed a car every single time. And it was a busy road. And I'm thinking, how have they not put up like nets that side or something? Because I was getting like anxiety for a cricket ball to go through the roof, like the roof or a windscreen of someone. And there were people actually outside fans on the street sort of waiting to collect the ball if it came out of the uh, of the stadium and I thought it was quite dangerous and I was sitting here like don't hit it to that side it's so dangerous that's been the quality of Sharjah cricket ground uh, over the years I mean it hasn't seen too much action off late but uh, when in the 80s it wasn't as busy but it has always been that stadium which is really accessible in that part of Sharjah so it's it was a wonderful ground and of course it was wonderful to see and like you mentioned uh, Chris yes the conditions especially at Sharjah they just varied and I think it yes it added to the to the entire tournament. One thing that I would say that added to our excitement to the tournament being that we're um, English fans of the IPL yeah. is just finding out more about domestic players that uh, that are coming through the ranks in India especially the ones that perhaps the, the fans in the UK may not have encountered and I'm thinking of people yeah. a bit more like uh, Raul Tuvati or Varun Chakrabarti or Natarajan. So I guess one of the big things that I wanted to ask was um, who did you see as kind of the bright sparks, the, the players that were coming out that perhaps uh, international audiences won't be uh, particularly au fait with, who you thought, okay, these are the guys who we're we going to watch for the future? I think there were a few names. Um, I think every franchisee had a particular name that really stood out for them. If you talk about Rajasthan Royals, it was obviously Tevathia. He's a, he's a very useful player. 
um, somebody who bats a bit, bowls a bit. You never know when he can really fire. You know, he's he's not somebody who would bat in number four, number five, and give you those consistent 40-50s uh, in a T20 game. He's somebody who will bat at six or seven, and suddenly you're needing 20 of 10 balls, and he's going to be there and going to score those runs. I'm not sure you have that sort of utility consistently in the Indian lineup, but he's a very exciting prospect. I'm not sure about his India prospects just yet. But you look at other franchises, I think... Um, because, because the, it's not easy getting into the Indian team. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a fantastic player. He has that uh, chutzpah about him because he just doesn't give up. I mean, there's this whole story about him on ESPN Cricket. For a friend of mine, Siddharth Munga, wrote, wrote, wrote about him. It's a very good piece about never giving up. But again, it's just very intense getting into the Indian side. And that's why I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but another good IPL and, you know, he could be, you know, in the T20 World Cup side. But, but if you look at uh, other franchises, uh, I think every franchisee, every team threw up one good name. Um, you look at Kings Eleven Punjab, you had Ravi Bishnoi. He was a leg spinner. Uh, I thought he bowled superbly throughout the tournament. For a young spinner to not be dropped throughout the tournament, out of the playing 11, it was wonderful. Yeah, you look at uh, Delhi Capitals. I think they have quite a few good players. Um, but Akshar Patel, he really held it very well. Uh, he he has these tournaments where he he's very good with the bat, very good with the ball, and I think the conditions suited his bowling. Uh, Delhi Capitals didn't have too many young, you know, unknown Indian characters. They as it is have a lot of young Indian players. Yeah. Um, you look at uh, Kolkata Knight Riders. I think they have really good Indian or bowlers suited for the Indian team in the future. You look at Varun Chakravarti. He was selected, but he's missing out in Australia because of injury. Um, they have those young fast bowlers who I believe can become the next crop of Indian fast bowlers. You look at RCB, uh, Devdat Padikal, emerging player of the tournament. Yeah. He solved he solved a lot of RCB's problems. Uh, for me, the reason why RCB made it to the knockouts was Devdat Padikal because the top order is so dependent on Virat Kohli and AB De Villiers. He just took one third, at least one third of that responsibility with the starts he made. Um, Sunrisers Hyderabad, I think it was a good season for Natarajan, Priyam Gurk, Abhishek. Uh, uh, and then there was another guy from uh, JNK. I'm, I'm just lo- starting to lose the name, Samad. Uh, Samad, yeah. <laughs> just too many names, right? Um, yeah, so uh, for Mumbai Indians, Ishan Kishan, I thought he really stood up because there's a lot of competition for wicket-keeping batsman slots. So uh, I think he another good IPL. If we have a domestic cricket structure this year, maybe that'll be something for him to watch out for. But if he has another good IPL, he'll be pushing Sanju Samson and Rishabh Pant. Both of them had very inconsistent IPLs. T. Natarajan, like I mentioned, for Sunrisers Hyderabad, he's now in the Indian team in place of Varun Chakravarti. So quite a few names, quite a few names. Did I miss? Did I miss any any franchise? I'm not sure. Uh, 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 Chennai. 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 Yeah, Chennai. Yeah, Chennai. Towards the end, you had uh, Ruturaj Gaikwad. We had heard a lot about him, but uh, he had um, he had uh, COVID before the tournament started. So he was laid low. His preparations were not up to the mark. But uh, later on, when he got those chances, three half centuries on the trot. So uh, Chennai are looking for players. So he might be something to look at yeah. for the next season. Yeah, It's been an interesting season for Chennai as well. And I think that it's uh, it's like we, we spoke about in an earlier one is, uh, again, is the uh, kind of a sort of a reliance on the gun players. But if anything, this uh, this tournament for me, highlighted the necessity of having these these breakthrough players and these emerging players making the difference because i remember thinking uh, ashdeep singh for example in the uh, kings 11 yeah. uh, did a really decent uh, job especially 
the role that yeah. he's been asked to do. But I guess that leads me on to my uh, next question, which it's to do with uh, how the IPL informs the Indian international team. Do you think that the IPL um, has kind of changed the process in which Indian players uh, promote themselves into the, into the international team as opposed to something, say, for example, the Ranji Trophy? Because I know, for example, uh, Natarajan, I think his first uh, Ranji Trophy was 2015, something like that. Um, and now yeah. he's just uh, been selected for the India squads. So I guess I wanted to hear your thoughts on whether you think that the dynamic of domestic cricket has been changed into <laughs> international selection because of the IPL. Yes, it has to a certain degree. I think the answer to your question is both yes and no. Uh, for example, you look at Tina Trajan. Yes, but he he's been playing Ranji Trophy for a while, but it, but he was but that's a longer format. That's with red ball cricket and everything. But if you look at his performances, that really caught the eye. And the reason why Sunrisers Hyderabad picked him up was because he played in the Tamil Nadu Premier League, and Tamil Nadu Premier League is the the state. T20 competition. So, you know, all the scouts and everybody, they go and they watch and they pick up players from there. Varun Chakravarti is another example. Mm-hmm. Um, Devdat Parikal, he came from the Karnataka Premier League. Uh, you look at Ruturaj Kaikwad. Again, all of these guys, these they've been playing in these junior T20 leagues, which are just sprouting up. And they get picked up for the IPL, even though they've been playing Ranji Trophy and everything. We've had over the last two, three years, we've had test specialists coming in. You look at Hanuma Vihari, for example. I think he's, he's one big example of a test specialist coming into the side because the Indian team, like I said, it's already just jam-packed. So you have one or two players who come into the test side, but you do have test specialists coming there. But yes, the IPL has improved the way, the pathway for players. You look at somebody like Hardik Pandya or Chaspreet Bumrah. From T20 to ODIs to test matches, their, their path has been smoother. When they are in the Indian team, they develop much quicker. So you look at somebody like Tina Trajan. What happens here is uh, you, you have a good IPL. You score a few Ranji runs to back it up. And your ticket is fast-tracked. Right. That's the easiest way or the, or the simplest way for me to put it. You know, right. Because um, not a lot of people watch Ranji Trophy. To be very, very honest, it's not like the county, uh, county setup or the Sheffield Shield setup in Australia and England. Very hardcore fans would keep track of it. But even then, not everybody would watch it. So that's left to the selectors. Though, though we do have television coverage and you know, live streams of Ranji matches. So in that sense, not a lot of people watch it. So IPL, you suddenly realize, oh... This guy is doing well. What has he done in Ranji Trophy or what he would do? Like I mentioned, Ishan Kishan, he's had a really great IPL. If this was a normal year, he would go now, play the Ranji Trophy, get a lot of runs. He would be in the Indian side. But just because it's not a normal year, he has to probably wait for another IPL season. So the IPL has fast-tracked the route to the Indian team, no doubt about it. But it's also allowed a lot of these players to get into the spotlight. Like, for example, you mentioned Tina Trajan who otherwise would struggle to get into the spotlight. And I think it's not just, um, I don't think it's just the Indian selectors that have been watching the IPL this year. It's interesting, I think, um, because of the lack of cricket and, you know, the England team were lucky enough that they actually did get quite a good international summer. I know that the, that the Indian players, this was actually their first uh, shot at, you know, proper professional cricket this whole year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But it's interesting because during the tournament, the ECB announced their squad to South Africa, which um, comprised of the, a white ball team. 
And Joe Root was left out of that team. And I think that had he been doing really well in the IPL during that time, he might not have been left out. So I think it, it's definitely for this year, particularly, a lot of squads have been picked on their performance for the IPL. Um, so that's, that's been really interesting. But also with them, and the fact that India hadn't really played before the IPL, I just think that so many of the Indian talent just exceeded themselves. They did so well in the competition that it's just uh, such a great advertisement for the Indian cricket team in, in, in general. And I, I like the fact that the orange cap, sort of the, the top five players were Indian players of the orange cap. We were talking earlier, myself and Chris, about different franchises around the world. And do the Indian players miss out on not being able to go to the Big Bash to come to England next year and, and partake in the 100? Do you think, Chetan, that, that the Indian players miss out on not doing these other franchise competitions? Definitely they do miss out. There's no doubt about it because you look at somebody like Rashid Khan who plays all across the world. He has that experience. I also think he's been a bit overexposed because he's playing a lot all, all, all around, but that's, that's a different topic. But yes, he's getting that exposure. He's getting that experience. You look at Nicholas Puran, you look at Johnny Bester, you look at different Australian players who come and play in the IPL, go and play in the PSL, in the Caribbean Premier League. So yes, there's no doubt that the Indian players are missing that exposure, especially the youngsters who haven't had the experience of, say, playing in England or in Australia or in the West Indies or playing along with these great players, um, especially the T20 greats. Um, but it's a mixed bag, really, because the BCCI wants to protect its IP, intellectual property, or, or the uniqueness of the IPL in the way that, you know, it's probably or arguably the best T20 competition in the world. The USP is that we have all the best Indian players as also the best overseas players. And they're very highly protective of it. And, uh, well, the Indian players are really well paid. So they, the money is not a question here. The money is not an issue at all because they're so highly paid. Before the IPL started, there was this debate by the likes of Suresh Raina and Yuvrat Singh, Harbhajan Singh, Irfan Patan, ex-Indian cricketers, or all of them who've retired, from the international or the domestic arena, that they wanted the permission to go out and play. So it's been a hot topic, probably in a few years' time, and I don't know how many is few years, maybe three, maybe four. There might be a change where the retired cricketers are allowed to go and play. Uh, you, you just have to look at the example of Praveen Tambe. Uh, it's a bit unfair, really, because he's, what, 40-plus? He's not going to play for India, ever. You just know it. He's not. But because he played in the Caribbean Premier League, he was not allowed to play in the IPL for Kolkata Knight Riders. Kolkata Knight Riders picked him up in the IPL auction before he entered the Caribbean Premier League. But then he goes to Caribbean Premier League and, you know, he goes and plays there. And suddenly the BCCI rules him out of playing in the IPL. So that's a bit unfortunate because you know Praveen Tambe is never going to play for India. Just not going to play for India. So... It's a bit unfortunate, it's a bit unlucky, and it's a bit unfair. Um, uh, my personal opinion is that any player can or should give it in writing that, okay, I want to play overseas up, or, you know, above a certain age. Any 30-plus player who's, who thinks he's, he doesn't have a good shot at playing for India and doesn't want to play domestic cricket, just go and say, okay, I'm making this submission to the BCCI. I don't want to play for India. I don't want to play domestic cricket ever again please allow me, please give me the NOC to go and play these T20 leagues. And I think we'll have a good pool of 10, 20, 10 or 20 Indian players, Ambati Raidu, the Rainas, Harbhajan Singhs. They will become just the T20 players 
going in different leagues and playing. You will not have Virat Kohli. You will not have Virat Kohli. Maybe you will have an MS Dhoni because, let's be honest, he's retired now. So, I think this needs to be done to, to, to bring that balance. Somebody like a Praveen Tambe will benefit from it. But it is unfair, but it is what it is. Wouldn't that be great, Chris, if MS Dhoni comes plays for the Southern Braves for the 100? That would just be amazing. Be nice. But before we move on to um, talking about the 100 briefly, um, just, to, just to finish off on the IPL, um, we only have about five more months to wait, thank goodness, until the next IPL comes around. But there are rumours going on about a ninth team um, coming about. And yeah. also, I was going to ask you about this, uh, this rumour about the ninth team, but also about this auction. Is it going to be... Uh, how is the auction going to work for, and when will it take place for the next for the next IPL? Oh, that's an interesting question, Charlie. Because uh, up until the IPL started and it was happening, the news was that the auction won't happen because um, it's just two and a half month turnaround, really. Because uh, if the IPL starts in the last week of March, then the teams are already preparing in the last week of February. So you have what? Jan, Feb, December, and we are what mid-November. So you're looking at two and a half, three months turnaround time, which is, which is not enough if you have an auction. But then suddenly the uh, um, the BCCI decided that okay that they wanted a ninth team because um, the last time they tried with those extra teams, they decided that 2021 and 2022, in 2021 they would add the ninth team, in 2022 they would add the tenth team. Because then that's, that's when the next cycle of IPL broadcast rights would go up for sale and the value would increase further. However, the situation is not conducive, as we know. But they are, they are planning to press ahead with the ninth team. So what happens is, to make it a fair playground, if there, is, there, there are two types of auctions. One, one is a mega auction. One is a regular auction. A regular auction is where you have, which, which happens every year, where uh, teams release some players they don't need or they feel they can you know, buy back at a lower price um, or some new players are added from different parts of the world, some new players coming up, some young players. So that's your regular auction, a very limited purse, a very regular half-day auction. You, every team picks up two, three players to just fill up the spots. But then there is a mega auction where teams are allowed to retain three or four players and the rest all of them go back into the auction pool. The entire team is drawn up again. The entire squad is drawn up again. So Mumbai Indians, who have such a great squad, the whole squad is ripped apart and you have to rebuild. That's your mega auction. That happens every three or four years, but it does happen when the new teams come in because you want a fair playground. You want a fair playground for the new teams. You want to give them the good stars or the, the, the stars, the good players and the fringe players. So it, just evens things out. So now, now that they are talking about a ninth team or a tenth team possibly, so they need to have the mega auction. And uh, to me, it's a bit disadvantageous to a side like Mumbai Indians, which is breaking all records, but also somebody like RCB because Bangalore sort of had some consistency in their team selection and they had a good squad and Bangalore are not really good at building a team squad. So... Uh, I think this is going to run run a bit and uh, the final decision will be taken sometime in December. Well, that rounds up our part one of our chat with Chetan Narula. We have got more for you coming up. Not only did we cover the IPL, we're also going to be talking about India's tour of Australia and the 100. So stay tuned for the next episode. Ta-ra for now. <laughs>